Act Two of Andrea or the Fair Andrian by Terence, translated by Henry Thomas Riley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act the Second, Scene One. Enter Carinus and Beria how say you beria is she to be given in marriage to pamphilus to-day it is so how do you know i heard it just now from davis at the forum woe unto wretched me as hitherto until now my mind has been racked amid hope and fear so since hope has been withdrawn wearied with care it sinks overwhelmed by my troth charinus since that which you wish cannot come to pass prithee do wish that which can wish for nothing else but philomena alas how much better were it for you to endeavour to expel that passion from your mind than to be saying that by which your desire is to no purpose still more inflamed we all when we are well with ease give good advice to the sick if you were in my situation you would think otherwise well well just as you like Carinus looking down the side scene but i see pamphilus i'm determined i'll try everything before i despair beria aside what does he mean i will entreat his own self i will supplicate him i will disclose to him my love i think that i shall prevail upon him to put off the marriage for some days at least in the meantime something will turn up i trust that something is nothing Beria, how seems it to you? Shall I accost him? Why not? Should you not prevail, that at least he may look upon you as a gallant ready provided for him, if he marries her? Away with you to perdition with that vile suggestion, you rascal! Scene 2. Enter Pantholus. Ah, uh, I espy Charinus. Accosting him. <laughs> good morrow. Oh, good morrow, Pamphilus. I am come to you, seeking hope, safety, counsel, and assistance. In faith, I have neither time for counsel nor resources for assistance. But what's the matter now? Today you are going to take a wife. So they say. Pamphilus, if you do that, you behold me this day for the last time. Why so? Ah, me. I dread to tell it. Prithee, do you tell it, Beria? I'll tell it what is it he's in love with your betrothed ha huh. assuredly he's not of my way of thinking come now tell me have you had any more to do with her shawiness oh pamphilus nothing uh, how much i wish you had now by our friendship and by my affection i do beseech you in the first place not to marry her for my own part i'll use my endeavours but if that cannot be or if this marriage is agreeable to you agreeable to me put it off for some days at least while i go elsewhere that i may not be witness now listen once for all i think it sharness to be by no means the part of an ingenuous man when he confers nothing to expect that it should be considered as an obligation on his part i am more desirous to avoid this match than you to gain it <laughs> you have restored me to life now if you can do anything either you yourself or beria here manage fabricate 
invent, contrive some means whereby she may be given to you. This I shall aim at, how she may not be given to me. I am satisfied. Most opportunely I perceive Davis, on whose advice I have depended. Carinus, turning to Beria. But you, if faith, tell me nothing except those things which there is no need for knowing. Pushing him away. Get you gone from here. Certainly I will, and with all my heart. Exit. Scene three. Enter Davus in haste. Davus, not seeing Pamphilus and Carinus. You gracious gods, what good news I bring! But where shall I find Pamphilus, that I may remove the apprehension on which he now is, and fill his mind with joy? Carinus, apart to Pamphilus. He's rejoiced about something. I don't know what. Pamphilus, apart. Hmm, it's of no consequence. He hasn't yet heard of these misfortunes. Davos to himself. For I do believe now, if he has already heard that a marriage is prepared for him. Carinus apart. Don't you hear him? Davos to himself. He is seeking me distractedly all the city over. But where shall I look for him? Or in which direction now first to betake me? Carinus apart to Pamphilus. Do you hesitate to accost him? Davos to himself. I have it. Moving on. Davos, come here. Stop. Who's the person that's... Turning round. Oh, Pamphilus, you are the very man I'm looking for. Well done, Charinus. Both in the nick of time. I want you both. Davos, I'm undone. Nay, but do hear this. I'm utterly ruined. I know what you are afraid of. If faith, my life indeed is really in danger. Davos to Carinus. And what you are afraid of, I know. My marriage. As if I did not know it. This day. Why keep dinning me with it, when I know it all? To Pamphilus. This are you afraid of, lest you should marry her, and you? To Carinus. Lest you should not marry her. You understand the matter. That's the very thing. And that very thing is in no danger, trust me for that. I do entreat you, release wretched me as soon as possible from this apprehension. Well, then I will release you. Krems is not going to give you his daughter at present. How do you know? You shall know. Your father just now laid hold of me. He said that a wife was to be given you today, and many other things as well, which just now I haven't time to relate. Hastening to you immediately, I ran on to the forum that I might tell you these things. When I didn't find you, I ascended there to a high place. I looked around, you were nowhere. There by chance I saw Beria, his servant. Pointing to Carinus. I inquired of him. He said he hadn't seen you. This puzzled me. I considered what I was to do. As I was returning in the meantime, a surmise from the circumstances themselves occurred to me. Now, now, a very small amount of good cheer, he out of spirits, a marriage all of a sudden, these things don't agree. But to what purpose this? I forthwith betook myself to the house of Krems. 
When I arrived there, stillness before the door. Then I was pleased at that. You say well. Proceed. I stopped there. In the meantime, I saw no one going in, no one going out, no matron at the house, no preparation, no bustle. I drew near, looked in. I understand. A considerable indication. Do these things seem to accord with the wedding? I think not, Davis. Think, do you say? You don't view it rightly, the thing is certain. Besides, coming away from there, I saw the servant boy of crumbs carrying some vegetables and little fishes, an obol's worth, for the old man's dinner. This day, Davis, have I been delivered by your means. And yet not at all. Why so? Surely he will not give her to him after all this. Pointing to Pamphilus. You silly fellow! as though it were a necessary consequence that if he doesn't give her to him you should marry her unless indeed you look about you unless you entreat and make court to the old man's friends you advise well i'll go although upon my faith this hope has often eluded me already farewell exit scene four pamphilus and davus what then does my father mean why does he thus make pretense i'll tell you if now he were angry with you because crumbs will not give you a wife he would seem to himself to be unjust and that not without reason before he has ascertained your feelings as to the marriage how they are disposed but if you refuse to marry her in that case he will transfer the blame to you then such disturbances will arise I will submit to anything from him. He is your father, Pamphilus. It is a difficult matter. Besides, this woman is defenseless. No sooner said than done. He will find some pretext for driving her away from the city. Driving her away? Aye, and quickly, too. Tell me then, Davis, what am I to do? Say that you will marry her. Ah! What's the matter? What, am I to say so? Why not? Never will I do it. Don't say so. Don't attempt to persuade me. Consider what will be the result of it. That I shall be deprived of the one and fixed with the other. Not so. In fact, I think it will be thus. Your father will say, I wish you to marry a wife today. You reply, I'll marry her. Tell me, how can he raise a quarrel with you? Thus you will cause all the plans which are now arranged by him to be disarranged, without any danger, for this is not to be doubted, that Krems will not give you his daughter. Therefore do not hesitate in those measures which you are taking, on this account, lest he should change his sentiments. Tell your father that you consent, so that although he may desire it, he may not be able to be angry at you with reason." For that which you rely on, I will easily refute. No one, you think, will give a wife to a person of these habits. But he will find a beggar for you, rather than allow you to be corrupted by a mistress. If, however, he shall believe that you bear it with a contented mind, you will render him indifferent. At his leisure he will look out for another wife for you. In the meantime something lucky may turn up. Do you think so? It really is not a matter of doubt. Consider to what you are persuading me. 
Nay, but do be quiet. Well, I'll say it. But that he mayn't come to know that she has had a child by me is a thing to be guarded against, for I have promised to bring it up. Oh, piece of effrontery. She entreated me that I would give her this pledge, by which she might be sure she should not be deserted. It shall be attended to, but your father's coming. Take care that he doesn't perceive that you are out of spirits. Scene 5. Enter Simo at a distance. Simo, apart to himself. I've come back to see what they are about, or what scheme they are hatching. Davos to Pamphilus. He has no doubt at present but that you'll refuse to marry. Having considered his course, he's come from a retired spot somewhere or other. He hopes that he has framed a speech by which to disconcert you. Do you take care then to be yourself? If I am only able, Davos. Trust me for that, Pamphilus, I tell you. Your father will never this day exchange a single word with you if you say that you will marry. Scene 6. Enter Beria, unperceived, at a distance behind Simo. Beria, apart to himself. My master has ordered me, leaving my business, to keep an eye on Pamphilus today, what he is doing with regard to the marriage. I was to learn it, for that reason I have now followed him. Pointing to Simo. As he came hither. Himself as well, I see standing with Davis close at hand. I'll note this. Simo apart to himself. I see that both of them are here. Davos in a low voice to Pamphilus. Now then be on your guard. Pamphilus! Davos in a low voice. Look round at him as though taken unawares. Pamphilus turning round sharply. What? My father! Capital! I wish you to marry a wife today, as I was saying. Beria apart. Now I'm in dread for our side as to what he will answer. Neither in that nor in anything else shall you ever find any hesitation in me. Beria apart. Ha! Davos in a low voice to Pamphilus. He is struck dumb. Beria apart. What a speech! You act as becomes you, when that which I ask I obtain with a good grace. Davos aside to Pamphilus. Am I right? My master, so far as I learn, has missed his wife. Now then, go indoors, that you mayn't be causing delay when you are wanted. I'll go. Goes into the house. Beria apart. Is there in no case putting trust in any man? That is a true proverb which is wont to be commonly quoted, that all had rather it to be well for themselves than for another. I remember noticing, when I saw her, that she was a young woman of handsome figure, wherefore I am the more disposed to excuse Pamphilus, if he has preferred that he himself, rather than the other, should embrace her in his slumbers. I will carry back these tidings, that, in return for this evil, he may inflict evil upon me. Exit. Scene 7. Simo and Davos. Davos aside, coming away from the door of the house. He now supposes that I'm bringing some trick to bear against him, and that on that account I've remained here. What does he say, Davos? 
just as much as nothing what nothing eh nothing at all and yet i certainly was expecting something it has turned out contrary to your expectations aside i perceive it this vexes the man are you able to tell me the truth i nothing more easy is this marriage at all disagreeable to him on account of his intimacy with this foreign woman no faith or if at all it is a two or three days annoyance this you understand it will then cease moreover he himself has thought over this matter in a proper way i commend him while it was allowed him and while his years prompted him he intrigued even then it was secretly he took precaution that that circumstance should never be a cause of disgrace to him as behoves a man of principle now that he must have a wife he has set his mind upon a wife uh, he seemed to me to be somewhat melancholy in a slight degree not at all on account of her but there's something he blames you for what is it pray it is a childish thing what is it nothing at all nay but tell me what it is he says that you are making too sparing preparations what i you he says that there has hardly been fair provided to the amount of ten drachmae does he seem to be bestowing a wife on his son which one now in preference of my companions shall i invite to the dinner and it must be owned you really are providing too parsimoniously i do not commend you hold your tongue davos aside i've touched him up i'll see that these things are properly done davos goes into the house what's the meaning of this what does this old rogue mean but if there's any knavery here why he's sure to be the source of the mischief goes into the house end of act two